This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in Amen, amen, amen. We did miss you last week, and, and uh, uh, you know, sometimes God sends a reason for you just to stay home and be with your family for several days. You really get to know them more and more and more after day after day after day, but uh, we had a great time with them. Before I go into my message, I want to tell you... Something about, do we have anybody who's interested in the Civil War? Any Civil War buffs out there at all? Anyone? Yeah? One, two, three, four. All right. I've got a great story that actually came across in the Civil War. And uh, it was in 1864. The Civil War had been going on for three and a half years. And uh, in Petersburg, Virginia, the two, uh, the, the Union and Confederate had set up their lines. And one night, uh, a messenger came and delivered a message that one of the major, uh, the major generals, his name was George Puckett, that his wife had, had a baby and that it was a boy. Well, the fighting had been going on for so long, it was mud to mud, just trench warfare at this time. And at that point, Lee decided to send out an order to light up bonfires all along the southern front in celebration of the birth of this, this general's son that was born. So for miles, there was bonfires that were made in the darkness, which was normally something you wouldn't do uh, in tactics in wartime because it gave too much light to where you were. Well, Grant, being on the northern side, sees all these bonfires and starts wondering what's happening over there because this is really unusual and it's different for him. So Grant sends a, a spy team over into the lines and finds out about the, the, the message that was given about uh, General uh, Pickett's son being born. And it just so happened that Grant and Pickett were friends at West Point. So Grant says, you know what, to celebrate the birth of his son, I'm going to light fires on the northern side. So they have, for miles, bonfires going both directions on the north and south front side. And for that night, there was no shooting, there was no fighting, no yelling. There was just bonfires in both directions as far as you could see to celebrate the birth of this child. Now, as you can obviously tell why I'm telling you this story is that once those bonfires died out, darkness took over and fighting resumed. But you know, the celebration that we have with Christ coming as the light at Christmas time is that darkness cannot overtake this light. This is going to be an eternal light that is in our lives. But since we're talking on a series of Christmas lights, this is a message that I've been on. I wanted to share with you because there's so many things that we take for granted at Christmas. Most of us know the Christmas story. Most of us know traditions. In fact, as Kristen shared a little bit more than I would have liked, yeah, we were all in our pajamas, and yeah, we had a great devotion. I even had PowerPoint slides. And everything. No, I didn't show the PowerPoint slides. I was very organized for this little family devotion. But you know, real quickly, just as a side note, last week's message, things that we overlook. Top two things that are on tree toppers are stars and angels. Okay? Why are there stars and angels? Because of the story of Christ, right? The star led the wise men, the angel proclaimed, hey, unto us a child is given, right? Why? Here's the question that I asked my family last week. This is last week's message, so it's going to be real brief. Why did God speak to the wise men with a star? 
because they were astronomers. So do you think that God will speak to us in a way of the giftings and callings that he's called us? How many of us never tied that together that to get the attention of the wise men who were astronomers, God created a star? God speaks to us in the ways that he created us. And there were multiple questions that I had. It was a great message. You should have been at my fireplace last week. <laughs> but we're going to be talking today about Christmas lights. Now, Christmas lights are just a part of this season. I mean, they may be on your home. And I'm not going to ask who's changed their green and red light bulb to put lights out. Because I found out more of you have green and red light bulbs on your house than I'd care to know. But how many of y'all, uh, as you're driving through neighborhoods, see Christmas lights on homes? They're in the shopping malls. They're probably on your Christmas tree, right? I mean, it's just a part of Christmas. Now, if we didn't have those Christmas lights, let's say there was just a ban. They're banning all Christmas lights. There'll be no Christmas light activities. Do you think that it would impact your holiday season? Do you think that having a dark tree just in your living room would be festive? Do you think that going driving through Interlock and just looking at regular homes that the way they look every other night of the year would be as festive? Do you think that you'd go to uh, Holiday in the Park at Six Flags and just ride cold roller coasters? I don't think so. The reason why we go there is because we like seeing the Christmas lights. It brings a lot of light and festivity. But the sad thing about it is Sometime in January, and maybe for you, February, March, April, May, those lights come down, right? And all of a sudden, it's just not the same. When those Christmas lights aren't on, it's just like our house looks a little, you know, it's January. But isn't it great that there's a light that will always stay with us, that's eternal? We're going to be looking at the real light of Christmas. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 1 verses 1 through 13. And this is what the Word of God tells us. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. He, has al he was already with God in the beginning. Everything came into existence through Him. Amen. Not that one thing that exists was made without Him. Right. He was the source of life, and that life was the light for humanity. Verse 5, that light shines in the dark, and the dark has never extinguished it. Amen. Wow. The dark has never extinguished that light. That's right. God sent a man named John to be his messenger. And John came to declare the truth about the light so that everyone would become believers through this message. Verse 8, John was not the light, but he came to declare the truth about the light. The real light which shines on everyone, was coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and the world came into existence through him, yet the world did not recognize him. Verse 11, he went to his own people, and his own people didn't accept him. However, he gave the right to become God's children to everyone who believed in him. These people didn't become God's children in a physical way from a human impulse or from a husband's desire to have a child. They were born from God. Powerful passage about who Christ is. Why we celebrate Christmas. You know, there's, in our yard, there's a sign that says Jesus is the reason for the season. But in reality, it should be saying that Jesus is the light of this season. You see, God has always known that for us to survive, we need light. 
With no sunlight, there'd be no crops. With no crops, there'd be no food for us. In fact, what was the first creation, what was the first in the creation uh, that was spoken? Let there be light. Let there be light, and then the sun and the stars and the moons cre were created so that we could have life through that light. Amen. Isaiah prophesied, bless you, of the Messiah that would come. In Isaiah 9, 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a bright light, and the light will shine on those who live in the land of death's shadow. John 8:12 says, Jesus spoke to his Pharisees again and he said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will have a life filled with light and will never live in the dark. Amen. Acts 20, uh, 26:18, you will open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from Satan's control to God's. And then they will see forgiveness for their sins and will share among God's people who are made holy by believing in me. Colossians 1.13 says, God has rescued us from the power of darkness. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. I don't know about you, but I was in the power of darkness. I'd, I don't know where my life would be if, if Christ didn't come amen. to me. This passage is always very <laughs> personal to me, that God has rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of a son whom he loves. So what does it mean when I tell you that Jesus is light of the world? We have to understand and realize this concept that Jesus' light is really a two-fold statement. We as a church love to dwell in that God's light is a blessing to us. The announcement of God's, of Christ's birth at Christmas time, that he's the light of the world. But also, the light of Christ can also be painful. You see, no matter how long you've been a believer in Christ, no matter how long you've been attending church or how worn out your Bible is, there's still a possibility that there's an area of our life that we really don't want Christ's light to shine onto. It could be something from our past. It could be a hurt. It could be uh, an attitude. It could be a habit. It could be something that we know that we're just not really walking in Christ's love and forgiveness with. But we tend that if we forget about it, God will forget about it. We also think that God just doesn't see that part of our lives. When, when we know that we're viewing something we shouldn't be viewing, or we're saying something that we know we shouldn't be saying, or we're treating someone that we wouldn't treat other people that way. It's an attitude. It's a bitterness. Maybe somebody got a promotion at your work that you should have gotten. And every time you see them, you'd spit in their coffee cup if you could get away with it. And you know what? God knows that. And we walk through life thinking, oh, we don't, you know, that's just that part. But on Sunday, I'll just worship God. But on Monday through Friday, I'll spit in his cup if I get a chance. Now, come on. Right? I mean... Every once in a while, there's just somebody that rubs you the wrong way. Or I just don't like the way they look. Or they don't look like me. They don't act like me. And yet God's love, God's forgiveness that has been so freely given to us is what we are to give out to others. But we pick and choose sometimes who we want to forgive, even though we want to be forgiven. See, I'm exposing a little light on some dark areas that people are like, no, 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 let's don't go there, Pastor. Let's get back to Christmas trees. And I like the Civil War stories. Come on, let's go there. Every once in a while, though, there are areas that we don't want anyone to be looking into. Maybe we've convinced ourselves that it's okay. 
Have you ever realized that if you tell a lie enough, sometimes you start to believe the lie? You can rephrase a story that happened in the past where you're now the innocent victim as opposed to the accuser. And we tend to do that. And the more that we tell, the more we try to believe it, the more we tell others, the more we try to get support for our side. But deep down inside, we know that Christ wants to come into that area of our lives. God really wants to talk to us about some forgiveness issues. Maybe God really wants to talk to us about a habit. Maybe God really wants to talk to us about an attitude that, well, my, my parents had that attitude, and so it's just in my DNA. No, I'll tell you what, because it says that we are a new creation when Christ comes into our life. Don't bring the generational curses in because it says that I am a new creation. If you believe God's word, then all things are passed away. That's what Paul tells us. Oh, but you know what? My grandmother's done it. My mother's done it. So I'm going to... No, no, no. We either believe God's word or we don't. But we can't cherry pick through the scriptures of what we want to believe in. We love God's blessings, but we really don't like the part about forgiveness. We love the part about that, that we'll be powerful. There'll be heaven and we'll be in a perfect place. And there'll be no sickness. We love that part. But this time, while we're here on earth, God has you in your neighborhood for a reason. God has you in your workplace for a reason. God has you in that school for a reason. God has those people around you for a reason. And once we accept that and ask God, how do I shine your light into this world? We sometimes just continue in that cycle. Let's talk about darkness. If you know much about the Bible, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years of what the Jewish leaders called of darkness. There were no prophets during that time. There were no prophets to encourage the people. There were no prophets to correct the people. It was just a time of silence. I don't know about you, but I don't like silence sometimes. I read once psychologically that men take silence as a negative. For example, if I ask my wife, do I look nice in this outfit? I expect immediate response, okay? But if she has to sit there and think about it, now maybe she's thinking, you know what? The Christmas present that I'm gonna get him would look better with that, but I'm sitting here waiting for my, I do look nice, right? And all of a sudden she doesn't respond. What's the first thing that starts going through my mind? more of the negative. I'm not thinking that she's thinking positive things. I'm thinking, she doesn't like my sweater. She doesn't like, we, we tend to do that. When we don't get that immediate response, we tend to start going negative. When somebody doesn't answer their phone right away, we start thinking all the things that could happen to them. Think of 400 years of not hearing from God. We think 40 days would be incredible. 400 years, but Thankfully, the birth of Christ came and brought the end of that darkness and brought eternal life. The one thing that happened during this time, though, is that the Romans moved in and took over and started oppressing the Jews, starting putting more rules and regulations, started abusing their power with the Jews. It was really a time of despair when Christ was born in the Jewish community. Jesus came to penetrate that darkness. In 1 John, that first 13 verses that I read to you, it says that 
that we're told that the darkness could not recognize, or maybe your version said comprehend Jesus. They couldn't comprehend the light. They couldn't understand the light. You see, comprehend has many facets, but it means that they couldn't understand. And let me give you a little background on this. If you've ever been around, um, let's just use a dog that's been abused. Have you ever come across a, a dog doesn't have collars, a little skittish around people, and your heart is good towards them. You're thinking, you know what? I want to love on this. I want to, I want to feed this dog. But have you ever noticed that if you approach that dog, the dog runs off, yeah. right? Why has that dog run off in the other direction? Because of abuse. And so what happens is when you go through abuse, you start to think that everyone will take advantage of you. Yeah. Right? Your heart towards this dog is, I, I will feed you. I will bring you into my home. I'll give you warmth. We'll give you a collar. We'll name you Fido. We will love you forever and ever and ever. But the dog doesn't understand this. All the dog sees is there's one of those things that hits me. So it runs. And it's really the same way with people. When we've been abused, you start looking at everybody's got an angle. Everybody wants something from you. There is no such thing as a free lunch. If they do, they're going to try to take something out that's worse. And you start building up these walls and you start building up this jaded anger and defense because you're so cautious about anything that you say or show to anyone because they'll take it from you. The Jews were under this same kind of oppression. The Jewish leaders were under Roman rule now in Herod, and, and there was so much tension that when they thought that there was going to be a Messiah, that that Messiah was going to come and deliver them and just kill all the Romans so that they could be free again. They didn't comprehend that Christ's freedom was more eternal than at that moment. We deal with abused people every day. We deal with abused coworkers, other students, neighbors, who have built so many walls, and then we try to come and tell them that Jesus loves them. You know the reason why they can't comprehend that Jesus loves them is because they don't understand what real love is all about. Love to them has been conditional. I'll love you if you love me. I'll do something nice for you if you do something nice for me. But if you stop doing something nice for me, then I am not going to do something nice for you. That's what abused love is all about. Abused love is manipulated. Abused love is, is strangulation. Okay, It's not that I love you regardless of what you're going to do. And when we come and we preach that message to them, they don't understand and they don't comprehend. Because they didn't grow up in a home. They didn't grow up in an environment. They've never been a part of a relationship that says, I love you because of who you are. And yes, you're going to make some mistakes. And yes, you're going to disappoint me. And yes, I'm going to disappoint you, but we will still love each other through all of this. And that's why they didn't comprehend the message of Christ. You know, another question I asked my family last week, since it was a great message and you missed, when you read the whole story that you know so well, okay, we all know, go read Luke 2, and we know the whole thing about how the wise men came, and Herod says, hey, uh, by the way, let me know what he's like. I'd like to come worship him too, right? right. We knew he was lying. Why did the, the, the leaders... Go with the wise men over to worship Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. 
I'm just asking some questions. We read the story, and if you read through Luke 2 again, I'm just getting you to think on this. It says that they go, and the whole town was in an uproar about them coming, and they said, we're here to worship, we're here to, the, the baby that was born king of the Jews. And by the way, this baby is not happening out in the manger scene. This is happening at least one or two years all right, I know the nativity scene is really pretty and you have it in your yard, but it's not biblically correct. When the wise men show up, he's already a baby that's been born for a while. Shepherds are there on the night that he's born. Think about this also, and I don't mean to be preaching two messages at once, but it was a really good message last week. Why is it that God actually brought two elements in? He brought in the lowly. The lowly shepherds. He didn't bring in the royalty to come worship. And he brought in strangers. You know why he brought in strangers from another land? And the first thing they did, when you read your Bible, the first thing they did is they came in and they worshiped. Why is it that the two that are noted that worshiped were lowly people and strangers? Because God loves the lowly. God loves us as Gentiles, as strangers. He did not come just for the Jewish nation. He came so that we can cry out, Abba, Father, just as like our Jewish brothers and sisters. For that, we should all be saying amen and thank you, Jesus. To say, well, this half can go to heaven, but this half, you have the wrong bloodline. I'm sorry, just shoo. Well, now see, this side like that, okay, but this side wasn't real thrilled about that analogy. Or, hey, you guys get to go to heaven, and I'm so sorry, but... Not according to what my God said. There's no room in the end. Amen. See, you're not going to hear that in heaven. But Jesus. See, you don't mind it when you're in the right group, but when you're in the wrong group and you get discriminated against, <laughs> that's why he brought in Amen. people from another land and they worshiped Jesus as a baby. They knew. They brought the gifts that even foretold his future. But getting back to the darkness, getting back to people who have been abused, people that don't understand or recognize the love of Christ, they may think that God is, is great, but God has a catch. God is setting me up for something. God loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you that would die on a cross for you. We are to love you the same way that God loves you, but sometimes many Christians don't love you that way. Many times churches are more judgmental than the world is. And for that I apologize. But I want you to know that we love you. Sometimes we don't love what you do, but we love you. We have to love you because we first were loved. Amen. The darkness. If you're driving on a road, 60, hopefully no faster than that, 60 miles an hour, and your headlights were to go out. Dark road. As a driver, what would you do? Are you going to speed up? Or are you going to slow down? Well, I want to get home faster, so I'm going to speed up. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to get there quickly. Right? I want you to picture a very lonely two-lane road, maybe good-sized ditches on either side, and your headlights go out. And it's one of those Texas nights where, man, you can't see your hand in front of your face. What are you going to do as a driver? Speed up or slow down? Slow down. Good. <laughs> Three of you slow down? I mean, come on now, people. Hopefully, Austin, I've tr I, I personally taught you how to drive. <laughs> I'd, I'd expect at least a slow down, Dad. <laughs> If not, we're going to be doing driver's training again, okay? I'm ready. 
<laughs> Have you ever walked through a room that you're not familiar with? Yes. I mean, a room you've walked in and it was dark. Okay, yeah. So what do you do? You, you, do you say, okay, I think I want to go over there, so I'm just going to run as fast as I can. There might be a couch. There might be a table. I don't care. I just want to get through this room. Probably something in this side of us says, you know what? I'm going to do this, right? Why are we going slow? This is not a trick question. Why are we going slow? Because we can't, we can't see. Very good. Whoever said that, I, I'm, I'm going to give them good. The reason we go slow is because we can't see. When you are in the darkness of this world and Christ is not in your light and he is not a light into your path and he is not guiding and directing you and you are in darkness, you cannot see. And what you cannot see is the consequences of your actions. How many great Christian leaders have fallen because of a decision they made and they didn't see the consequences. Oh, I'm in a city. I'm speaking at a great theater that, that no one knows me. I can go do this. And no one will know. God knows. God sees. When we are in darkness, when we are away from Christ and we are making our own decisions based on emotions because we don't know what else to make them on. We make them on what makes us feel good. We want to escape pain, so we do things to get rid of the pain in our lives. That can either come through addictions, and when I say addictions, it doesn't have to be substance. We can sometimes addict ourselves to people because we want them to bring us happiness. True happiness will never come through people. True happiness will only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. The word says that people will fail you. But God will never fail you. Amen. So when you put your hope and trust in the government, when you put your hope and trust in your employer, when you put your hope and trust in that, that other person in your life, there will come disappointments and discouragement. When we spend time in the word of God, his word becomes a light into our path. We start getting some direction on the way we're supposed to go. Yes, we've been abused, but God knows how to lure us in there. Yes, we've been discouraged, but God keeps us in walking with some encouragement and hope. Yes, we have been bitter, but God says, you know what? Come to me. Bring, give me that bitterness. Amen. And let me give you some peace Amen. instead. Best trade-off you'll ever have for your whole yeah. life. You see, Christ comes into our life when we have nothing to offer him but junk. And he says, let me give you life. Let me give you happiness. Let me give you joy. But you know what? Satan is going to try to steal and kill and destroy every moment of that while you're here on this world. That's why we have to spend time. Because we live in a world of darkness. There is darkness all over the place. Hollywood lives in darkness and they're trying to tell us how to live. Yeah. I am tired of these award ceremonies. Amen. They give themselves more award ceremonies than, than anyone else. Don't they? I mean, does your place have like 12 award ceremonies every year? Yeah. This year we're going to celebrate the person who's late the most to work. Come on down. Well, they're not here yet. But when they do, we'll celebrate it. <laughs> That's not my world. But yeah, we're going to celebrate who did this and who had this and who got Twittered the most and who got this and what about this? You know why? Because their lives are so empty, they don't have Christ, so they have to look to you to vote to them to make them feel very popular. Yeah. 
I can't even understand the Kardashians. They're not talented, and yet they're on the news every day. And we obviously love hearing about them. Ooh, what are they wearing? What are they doing? Who are they doing? Thank you, Greg. At least there's two of us in this room. Darkness. There is darkness all around us. And darkness, we can't see very far. We can't see consequences. And when you're living in darkness, one thing can hurt your eyes, and that's light. Have you ever been in a dark room and somebody throws on the, the room lights and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever been sitting at a light and somebody in the other light facing towards you has their bright lights on? Oh, yeah. Right? So what you do, you got a flash tell, hey, your brights are on, and then they don't. Then you start getting mad. But that hurts because the brightness of that light in your darkness hurts. This message may hurt a little because maybe there's an area of darkness in our life. Maybe we've convinced everyone else that we are such a great Christian, but there's just this one attitude, this one habit, this one person. God, if you would just zap them, my life would be perfect. I would love everyone except them. And I think God scratches his head a few times. It's like, really? I was just expecting a little bit more out of you than that. But, hey, we'll, we'll circle the wagons and we'll go over this one less than a whole. We'll repeat second grade all over again spiritual-wise. Love thy neighbors. Treat others better. Oh, Lord. If we could take the energy that we build in our lives to cover up something that we know is not Christ-like. And we took that energy into just loving God, loving his word, and trying to be a light wherever we are. Amen. Our world would change. Right? Our world would change. But we have these little areas in our life that, man, the moment somebody mentions it, ooh, man, some sirens just went off. <laughs> you touched a very sore subject. The energy and the time that we spend. John 16, 13 tells me that the Spirit will guide me in all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide me in all truth. What does that mean when it says that the Holy Spirit will guide me in all truth? It means that if I ask the Holy Spirit to show me areas of my life where I am not a light, Amen. he's going to show it to you. Right. Your whole world today may be dark. Everything, your relationships are broken. Your finances are broken. Your, your, your energy is broken. Everything in you, you say, Mark, you know what? If I were a Christmas tree, I'd have probably one bulb lit. You know the Charlie Brown tree? You know, just that, that, that's me spiritually right now, Pastor Mark. This message was for you then. Because as we read in John, it says that Jesus is the light and nothing can overtake it. And he knows that we've been abused. He knows that Satan will try to abuse you through people. You know, when you're being attacked by someone, you have to remember the old 
uh, the old passage that says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers of darkness. And I try to think of that person that's attacking me as a spiritual puppet. And Satan is saying, there, that's the person who did it. And it's not really them, it's Satan pulling the strings, accusing and pointing and speaking through that person. All of a sudden, you can look beyond that person and say, I don't hate that person, I hate Satan who's attacking me through that person. That's what happens when you start spending time in the Word of God. You start learning to love people even though they're attacking you. You start to look towards God for your direction and your help. And you're asking the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, if there's any dark area in my life, would you show it to me? Would you reveal it to me? You have a choice this morning. You can sit here and you can do absolutely nothing. And Christmas will come and Christmas will go and there will still be pretty lights on houses and there'll be lights in your, in your mall and your stores. Or you can say, I really want to know more about Jesus being light. And I truly want to breathe that light into the world that he's created me. I know that I can't do it myself. I would have done it by now. And I need not only God's help, but I need the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truths. Would you bow your heads as we close? It's still early. The Cowboys don't play till 325 today, so don't worry about it. That's a whole other prayer. But maybe today you were here for a specific reason. That God wants to show you that he loves you. And God knows about the abuse that's happened in your life. God knows he was there when you were being falsely accused. He was there when you were physically hit. He was there when you were being set up. And he knows the hurt that's inside of us. He knows about some of the secret habits that we have. He knows about the attitude that we have. He knows the names of those people that could trigger something inside of you. And he's saying, would you bring my light into that dark area of your world today? Would you understand Christmas so much more because of the light as opposed to darkness? That's what he's wanting to do today for you. Would you have the boldness to ask the Holy Spirit to show you, is there any area of my life, any habit any attitude that's still in darkness. I love you, God. I want, your, I want your light to shine through me, but I know there's darkness. Would you be bold enough to pray for forgiveness in that area? Would you be bold enough to pray that God would bring forgiveness and healing restoration into that area would you be bold enough to do that instead of just going around looking at all the pretty lights this time of the year to actually be the pretty light to other people who are going through the exact same situation but didn't hear this message in fact there may be people in your life that are more abused than you are 
Their situations are horrific compared to yours. And yet we all put on that pretty Sunday facade face and we come to church. And God knows. And God cares. And that's why he sent his son to die on a cross for us. Because our own works would never get us into heaven. Sin separates us from God. We're born into sin. And without direction in our lives, we'll live a very sinful life. But Christ came to say, you know what? Ask me into your heart. Ask me for forgiveness. And not only ask me for forgiveness, but make me the Lord of your life, which means make me a priority in your life. Don't make me a Sunday morning event on your calendar. Make me a 24-7, 365 relationship. Love me more than what you love in this world. Hunger after my word and my direction and my peace and my, my presence more than anything that's on television. Search for me more than what you're searching other things for in Google. That's truly making him the Lord and not just making a decision so that we'll feel better about ourselves. God just doesn't want casual friends he wants sons and daughters. And maybe you didn't have a perfect dad or a perfect mom, so you don't understand what that son and daughter relationship is. But that's part of the abuse that God wants to give to him. Would you pray with me this morning? I'd like for everybody to just say this prayer. But I truly believe that there's someone here today that this message was for that needs this prayer. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Cleanse the darkness in my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am saved. Amen. Now, if you made that decision, if God really spoke to you today during this message, you need to tell someone, oh, I don't want to tell anybody about the bitterness. I don't want to tell anybody about the darkness. That's how healing comes. See, the enemy will try to come in right afterward and say, you know what? Nothing happened. That prayer didn't mean anything. His words were just blah, 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 blah. But when you go up and you say, you know what, I was really hurting today. And there was a lot of abuse in my life. And I'm praying that God will take that abuse out and give me peace and forgiveness and make that light in a dark area. Would you pray with me this week? That opens the door for healing. That opens the door for healing. That opens the door for healing. And it brings in the light love to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss so would you all please stand I also want to invite you next Sunday Dino and they're going to be working on some great Christmas carols and there are some phenomenal Christmas carols that maybe you're hearing them in the mall this is joy to the world the Lord has come or hark the herald angels sing so many songs during this time of the year are actually worship songs. Amen.
We're going to try to do some candles and some great worship. I'm going to have a message. Kristen's going to do wonderful Christmas announcements. We'd love for you to come and bring some of those who are in the dark. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. So go in his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming.